0: Hello and welcome to another installment of BC Museum Portraits. I'm BC Museum Portraits Project Manager. This episode takes us to Texada Island, where I'll be speaking with Curator of the Texada Island Heritage Society, Doug Payton, as well as the Secretary on the Board, Rob McWilliam. Doug, Rob, thank you both for uh, taking the time to sit down with me and, and speak about the history of the Texada Island Museum. Maybe we'll get started with both of you, how, how you got involved with the museum here and just museums in general. What what drew you to them?
1: Well, I've basically grown up here on Texada My parents came in 1942 to log and basically made it their home. They never did leave again. So I grew up here on Texada and I went to school on the island and worked in various jobs, but never any formal training. And museums or, or heritage or anything like that. So, just basically brought along the skills I'd, life skills I'd learned through my years. And I retired early in, in 2006, and once you get involved, you know, got involved with the Heritage Society and then started from there.
2: I was a deputy minister in the Yukon government for most of my career. In fact, all of my career was in the North. But we had a link to Texada. My wife's family had a summer place here. She'd been coming to Texada every summer since she was a baby. So when we retired, there was just no question of where we were going. And I've always been interested in in history, and um, had some sort of familiarity with some of the museums that were being developed in the Yukon. So when I got down here and joined the, you know, the society, it was a good fit. The beginning of the museum and the
0: collections here, how did they start? What was the impetus for having a museum and archives on the
1: island? Well, basically, it goes back to the mid-1980s. A group of the pioneers, I guess you could call them, started to see the need to have some sort of a heritage preservation. And they held uh, instrumental meetings to form a group. And then in 1988, they finally received the incorporation for the Texada Island Heritage Society mm-hmm. with the um, future thought of having a museum. They basically started out a lady by the name of Nan Johnson, who also grew up here on Texada. She had kept just oodles of paper clippings and, and different documents that she had gathered over the years, enough to fill two filing cabinets and through those years those filing cabinets had been shuffled around and ended up in one of the quarry's warehouses and you know, it was starting to get dusty and all that kind of good stuff and they decided you know it's time that we started doing something like that and then Kay hagman was a, a president in the, the 70s and the question had come up where where could we ever start with gaining a building and and starting to preserve some of this and uh, by 2002 the question had come up and in blubber bay there had become vacant one of the townhouses that was there Mm. of course blubber bay was built in the early 1900s but it was one of the buildings that at that time the manager ted thompson of the blubber bay quarry offered what people have known as being the Thacker House, mm. as to the Heritage Society to use as a museum. So then I believe Rob was involved or others were involved in getting a grant to help um, bring the building into shape to house the museum.
2: Otherwise it was a great facility. It was right there by where people were parked waiting for ferries. I got a lot of walk-in traffic, but it was too small. We couldn't display a fraction of our acquisitions.
1: They opened in 2002. And then we also established an outdoor display of equipment, logging equipment, and that that is still at Blubber Bay, but we plan on moving that in right next door. And then in 2007, after I retired there in 2006, the Blubber Bay Quarry was celebrating a hundred years of continuous mining which was only one of six in Canada Mm. could claim that as being continuously mining for over a hundred years. So we all chipped in and had a Blubber Bay day then. As we went along again, we were starting to outgrow Blubber Bay and we approached the school district and they had downsized, closed the elementary wing down and shuffled everything over to the main school. And our president at that time was Ken Barton, and he and a group of us approached the school district, and were able to procure this building to use it as a museum. Wow. We got lots and lots of room. They're solely supporting us.
2: We do things with the, the school population, like you know history in the school program. Plus, you know, there's things like the, the new school that we developed in here incorporated that with the children. We try and pass on information about the island they live on. Mm
1: -hmm. Clarence Wood started a program where he worked with the school kids and started a a legacy learning program and this was in the field and in the museum Mm -hmm. so they were able to take the bus out and, and tour a lot of the sites and learn about their island, hmm. just not the fact that it is home, but there is an awful lot of history here. Hmm. The the collections development, was it
0: something that went in stops and starts, or would you say it's something that's been consistently building
1: over time? It's been building over time, but once we did find a home, it opened up more. Because people, okay, now they got a home it's going to be established, we will donate. So, yeah, the donations um, flooded in With that new site and the the
0: awareness that you had the capacity, were there items that came into the collection that surprised you? Stuff that you you hadn't thought about in terms of the history of Tiksaida?
1: Well, I think there's always surprises. A lot of the mining artifacts and um, I think a lot has in time disappeared. But we're finding it slowly trickling in. The two eagles that you see in the back room there, mm. you know, they just come to us this this last year, and they both died in a in a, a clutch down at Blubber Bay, mm. and they fell to earth and died. Mm. And the manager had them uh, stuffed, <laughs> and then after he passed away, his son donated them to the museum. So once we had the permitting in place, I mean, that's been a nice addition uh, to be able to have. What are some histories that you know of, but want to reflect more in, in the Texada Islands collection? Well, we definitely want to address the First Nations you know, display. And once again, we have a new room that we're gonna open up. And we hope to be able to have more information <laughs> To pass it's something on. that
2: we're very conscious that we need to work with uh, Saliman. You know, we want to make sure that we're reflecting the First Nation history, but in a way which is appropriate. So there's a lot of work to be done there, but it is an area that we do want to spend more time on. You'd, in walking through this this museum, there's this section
0: where that you're it's a demonstration model that you can walk into of, of the mines on the island. How do you go about building uh, exhibits for this museum?
1: Well, that particular one and, and that, it's we basically have a design team, which are made up of Laurie Pierart, Dave and Brenda Rary, and myself. We get together and especially with the Little Billy Mine, it was really quite easy because we were lucky enough to be able to go into the mine. We took pictures and then just went from there. Once we do get an idea, a design, or in place, then we bring it, me as a curator, to the board, and then we go for funding. And it's, yeah, Well, like I said, with the Little Billy, we sent Laurie down to Victoria, to the Royal Museum, and they showed him how to, to do the background work on that, yeah. and it's proven really, really well. Hmm. What are some exhibitions that you have in mind for
0: the future that you're thinking of?
1: We are planning on having that outdoor display moved in, once again, over to the open area here. So that, we'll bring that back home again. And this display here, once again, within that first room, is going to open up a whole new venue for us because we hope to have flora fauna, First Nations, possibly a hotel lobby. Hmm. We have a picture of one of the hotels on the island here. And we hope to be able to display that the whiskey still would be moved into there small vignettes and all that kind of displays we got plans on doing mm-hmm. and we got time we got the uh, material here stuffed away in different places that we work on what we call a time <laughs> <laughs> whereas it happens when it happens right yeah. but
0: with a meticulousness i mean there's a there's a attention to detail in these things the really, little bill really of mine impressive.
1: took us 2 years to do that yeah
0: yeah You were mentioning the the school program that that you've done. How did that come about? How did that process develop?
1: We have retired teachers in our organization. And once again, they go over pretty well every week. And they'll take an object with them, describe it to them. Hmm. Um, The painting outside, when you first come in, that was all done by the students under the direction of one of our local artists, Doby. (laughs) Dobostonsky. <laughs> so we try to get them involved so that they have some
2: ownership. We also do some outreach, like there's a, a monthly newsletter, and we always have a column in that about some aspect of Texada history. Hmm. Hmm. Museum, museum
1: Musings yeah. is what we title it. Local, yearly, we have a Texada Island Lines, so we'll have articles in there, and then we'll work with Paul River. And they, Power Living Magazine, the Power River Museum, Power River Library, they all are doing little stories all the time that we can add
0: into, which we do. What are some events or ideas that are impacting the community presently?
2: Well, I think one thing is the, the population is changing. You know, after. The Texada iron mine went down, which was responsible for a lot of the infrastructure, particularly in Gillies Bay. Population levels really didn't change that much, but more recently we're now seeing more incomers to the island and we'd like to be able to explain to them how we got here and what it is about the island that we treasure. And hopefully, you know, I, I think within our plans
1: We want to have some sort of a media room where we can do presentations that can work off computers that we can utilize some of that to have ongoing videos or movies so that people can sit down and watch it and then we can build on we talked a little bit about the the whiskey still here there's a whole video done on that that was professionally done and it expelled some of the myth that over the years that went along with the story and there's other first nations myths that we like to make sure that are
2: brought forward i guess yeah well or corrected corrected Mm. Mm. there's still lots of people that think oh no there wasn't a first nation population on the island because they were afraid the island was going to roll over that Mm. was legend for a long time and there's still people that believe that but you know we have the facts now and we got to make sure that that information gets out there. And
1: yeah. 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 Yeah, the same with the sinking of the Chesley Key. There's two sides of the story to that. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to portray the real story. Yeah. And that, again, is done through a video, and which was professionally done. Mm-hmm. <3> mm-hmm. <3> and slowly, over the years, we've exposed Texeda through website, and just general knowledge, joining the different associations, BC Museums and Heritage and all these other organizations that we belong to. And uh, it's opened up a whole new world genealogy. Just mining communities are tied and you find all over the world people. Mm -hmm. Five years,
0: ten years out for the museum, where do you see the Texas Island Museum? What are some hopes and aspirations for the future?
1: Well, just that we're able to maintain what we have. You know, if we can continue in this building, or if we have to get into something equal, just hope to be able to carry on.
2: Five years out, we're probably going to be past what I would describe as the building stage. We've got one more old classroom that we're going to renovate and then that's pretty much maxing us out in terms of the building itself. Um, We've got stuff that we know that we still need to do, like we have a facade on the building that we want to carry on, you know, and complete that. Doug talked about moving the, the heavy equipment down here so we can better display that. So five years out we should be through most of that, but then it's a case of keeping what we've got and Enhancing it, you know, more like polishing it as yeah, opposed to actually exactly. constructing.
0: you were mentioning the the archives component. Is it in the process of being digitized? We've
1: got the past Perfect Software program.
2: The other thing that we still need to work on a bit, but we have done a fair amount, is audio collection. Interviewing the seniors and the elders in terms of their memories of Texada. We want to get this information before these people pass on. Yeah. As Doug pointed out, there are a number of Texadans that live to very old ages, but um, you know, we want to make sure we capture everybody's knowledge
1: of Texada. All these people have been very active in in the community all these years, and, mm-hmm. and we have great support in that from the local companies and the businesses and the people. Huh. We do have a lot of support. We are proving that the work is quality, and people now have something to be proud of, hmm. and they brag about it. Yeah, that makes us feel better. Yeah, uh, it's designing and, and portraying it, hmm. and once again, too, when you were talking about the archival side of it, the mining side of it is so well preserved, is because you see up there in that line, there's those are all mines reports. Yeah. And going right back to 1871, is in there.
0: Yeah. The company records of some of these mines, are they held on the island by the organizations or are they through the museum or where are
1: they? We're holding a lot of them okay. here now. Yeah. These map cabinets, a whole bunch more in the back room, yeah. full of mineral maps. You know, there's another service that we do provide is mineral and claims maps, those things we have here, when we ent- mentioned the earlier days of the earlier mines, we pretty well have all the maps and records of those uh-huh. here.
2: So we're a good resource for people that are interested in seriously investigating mineral activity on the island. Yeah. And we still have prospectors on the island. Oh well, uh, yeah, there's still
1: that mining activity yeah. in the copper, silver and gold. Yeah. Mostly it's a, a limestone now. But that's not going to slow down. The limestone's going to continue for a long time yet.
0: Are there some alternative economies that you're finding on the island alongside
1: mining? I think that's the the, uh, the center of our world is uh, the mining, the limestone, the coring, spin-offs, logging. We did in the earlier days, and that's another thing I want to portray, and might just speak on a little bit, is we had a green industry here, <laughs> to put it mildly whereas the pot industry thrived very well on Texada through the 60s and 70s, and so on and so forth. And that is something we're definitely going to be adding as we go along, because believe it or not, it is just so much of our history here, and we think it
2: definitely needs to be shown. That's kind of Texada's history as being things like the... The, the whiskey still. We've got this, this part of our history that we don't want to hide it. Yeah. You know, it's there.
0: Well, Doug, Rob, thank you very much for sitting down with me and, and talking about the museum.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming up and adding to the world that we're here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this has been another BC Museum Portrait. BC Museum Portraits is done in partnership with the BC Museum Association. To hear more portraits, and view the accompanying images made by project photographer Taiyu Hayward, please go to museum.bc.ca. Thank you very much for listening.